We now have a Parish Podcast. The Dumb Art Podcast is a weekly show on the Catholic faith, life, and culture of and for our parish community. Welcome to another episode of the Dumb Ox Podcast. Um, what you guys don't know about these recordings of the episode of the Dumb Ox Podcast is that um, Adam does this whole little thing because we can hear the intro as we start <laughs> recording and he does this whole, he's got a whole routine and it, it's the same literally every time. Um, I wish one day when we get to do a live podcast, I hope everybody can see it. But anyway, uh, my name is Chris. My name is Adam. And yeah, we are, we're back with another episode. We are continuing to walk with you through uh, these crazy times and we want to just kind of give you an update on what's going on at the parish and um, what we've got coming up for you. And, and yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, we, we've updated on all of the general coronavirus issues and, and adjustments that we are having at the parish for ministries and things like that. Still no brief announcements for you yeah, to sit down for. Still no brief announcements. Yep. Um, but if you are in a car, do stay seated. Um, <laughs> but we are focusing this week's episode on this upcoming Holy Week. So okay, we do have a few uh, announcement relevant things as to what it will look like at our parish during Holy Week. I'm sure all of you guys are interested and have been wondering what we're going to do. Uh, we've been waiting for the diocese and the bishop to give us some guidelines uh, on what was permissible and what we can change and things like that, and as well as on the civil authorities as to what they were limiting. So mm-hmm. now that we have all those, uh, you should be getting some communications from our parish with uh, graphics of what will be coming up schedule-wise with uh, explanatory material from Father and things like that. But right. uh, we also just wanted to make it a little bit more conversational right now. So. Right, exactly. So schedule-wise for Holy Week, um, what we've got starting off, we've got Palm Sunday. Mm-hmm. Right. So we normally we have on Palm Sunday... Uh, a procession at the 11 a.m. mass uh, where we process from the the pack to the church with blessing of the palms and all that stuff. Uh, this year, we won't be having that, obviously, because uh, as is continuing, there are still no public masses. Yeah, and the, the shelter-in-place order still doesn't allow us to gather at all, that the city of College Station has an effect. Right. Um, so following the bishop's guidelines, we're still, of course, having that Palm Sunday liturgy, uh, but we will not actually be doing the blessing and distribution of palms. Um, sorry to say, uh, the bishop has asked us to not distribute palms. Mm-hmm. Um, we There was a period in time where we thought we might be able to pull something off, um, but it doesn't look like we're going to be able to do that right now. So, yeah, sorry to say. But yeah. maybe you guys have palms on your own. Maybe you have palm branches in your backyard, or you can figure something out. Uh, yeah. Maybe you can have the uh, children draw palms for their prayer art for father uh if you saw it last mass father still wants to receive all that prayer art from children that that would be something and and not only just to do that but please share that with the parish community either either post on the facebook page or just post it on your individual facebook um and or email it to us and Mm -hmm. that way you know that way we can we can see it and share it and, and still be part of our parish community even though we are socially isolating and 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 distancing ourselves um to make sure that everybody stays safe. Right. Um, I was trying to think of a uh, catchy hashtag that we could use during Holy Week. I don't have it yet, but maybe I'll post it by the time we get there. Um, of, yeah. of something that everyone could post photos or quotes or different things on their own social media that we could just flood social media <laughs> with uh, the graces of the liturgy during this coming week. Right. Um, what else? What else did they do? They lay out 
Don't they lay out olive branches too? Isn't it? Isn't it palm leaves and yeah, olive branches? And well, olives. okay. Yeah. So if anybody has any olive trees lying yeah. around, just yeah. throw, throw some olive branches yeah. thrown out there too. Yeah. I don't know. Or throw some olives. Throw olives at people. <laughs> <laughs> maybe not. No, maybe I don't not. Think that but works. Um, I don't think. I don't, yeah, I don't think that's what the Lord had in mind. So no. next is Holy Thursday Mass of the Lord's Supper. Uh, so usually at that mass, uh, the bishop before that mass, the bishop has his special chrism mass where he consecrates uh, all of the holy oils that we use throughout the year, in and he distributes them to the parishes uh, during that week. So right, and uh, the chrism mass—that's not all that happens at the chrism mass. Normally, it's on Tuesday in our diocese of mm-hmm, Holy Week, but mm-hmm. all of the priests of the diocese attend that usually. Um, and many of the faithful, and and not only are the the holy oils actual blessed, actually blessed, but all of the priests renew their priestly promises at that mass too. So it's it's a great sign of the priesthood that the chrism mass, and so um, and the unity among the bishop. I yes, mean, the exactly. priests renewing their promises is showing their unity with the bishop, and then the, receiving the oils at the parish shows our unity with the bishop and with right. the diocese in a broader um, aspect. Uh, the bishop will still be having the, his chrism mass, and he'll be live streaming that with just a couple of people there in attendance, like we've been doing. So um, that's actually going to be kind of a cool thing. Yeah, because so more people are actually going to be able to watch the chrism mass and participate in it than are normally are right. able he's, to. So. He's asked everyone to try to participate in that, so I encourage you guys to do that if you can. Um, but for us, uh, our Holy Thursday mass will look different because of that. Uh, we won't be having the ho- receiving the holy oils at that mass. Um, that's also the mass, uh, during the gospel reading, it's the, uh, washing of the feet of the disciples mm-hmm. and, uh, also known as the mandatum. Um, that will not be usually after the gospel reading and after the homily, Father right. Albert would wash the feet of 12 people. Uh, he will not be doing that this year. Mm-hmm. Um, again, another sad moment, something that's, uh, being removed, uh, because of the limitations that we're having. Um, right. but that won't be happening. And then that liturgy, usually it ends with a procession from uh, the church to another place for an altar of repose Mm -hmm. where the Blessed Sacrament is reposed. Um, We won't be doing a public version of that, obviously. Right. uh, But we are looking into uh, streaming uh, video of the tabernacle during that evening or other things. Uh, to try to incorporate you guys into that liturgy still. Right. And, and to to allow us to enter more fully into that. And right. we'll talk more about that, I think, in a future episode. But yeah. And we'll update you for sure when we figure that out a little bit. But uh, Then after that, after Holy Thursday, you've got the Good Friday Stations of the Cross. Um, we'll be streaming that just like we've been okay. doing Stations of the Cross. Hopefully I work out all the kinks so we don't have any bugs. <laughs> um, but we'll be doing that one. And the plan was to do stations that are for vocations for priests and seminarians. Uh, we thought that it was very fitting to have stations of the cross that were uh, following with the theme of Holy Week, with the institution of the priesthood, with the sacrifice of Christ on the cross, sure. uh, that those stations uh, will fit the liturgies in, in a deeper way than we usually have. Absolutely. Then after that, uh, we've got... The Divine Mercy Chaplet on Friday, we'll be streaming that. Um, please participate. Uh, normally we have that. Mm-hmm. It takes place of like where our rosary would normally be before right. Mass. Um, it'll probably be two different streams, so you won't just watch one stream. You'll just, right. We'll pull it up when it happens. Um, but we still want to uh, make that connection between Divine Mercy and Good Friday. Then following Good F- the Divine Mercy Chaplet at 
That's so, going to be at 2.30, right? Right. At 3 o'clock, we will have the actual Good Friday service, the celebration of the Lord's Passion. Yeah. So it will be a little bit different. Uh, we won't be having, obviously, no one will be here to process up and venerate the cross. Uh, we usually have a couple different lines of right. people coming forward and venerating the cross. Uh, since we won't have that, what we'll probably be doing is having a the large cross that we usually use, um, that the youth ministry uses. Uh, we'll bring that into the church, and uh, we'll just have it in the video feed right. for everyone to venerate together right? in a somber moment together. Mm-hmm. Then we've got, after the Good Friday celebration, uh, and that evening, we'll be having Tenebrae at 8.30 p.m. live streamed. This is a beautiful sung uh, liturgy. Please join us to listen to that beautiful chant and pray in more deeply into the uh, Good Friday theme that we experience. Then we've got, on Holy Saturday, we have the Easter Vigil Mass. Uh, that will begin at 8.40 p.m. 8.40 p.m. That's not, a very specific not 830, time. Adam. Not 8.30, Adam. Not 8.35. 8.41. Well, if I have technical issues, then it might be 8.41. It might be 8.42 if you have technical issues. <laughs> why, why 8.40 p.m., Adam? Right. So the Easter Vigil is meant to take place after sundown. Okay. So after the sun is completely set, uh, there's a more fittingness when the Easter fire is lit and the Paschal candle is lit that it, it connects to our feeling of uh darkness uh that comes down with christ in the tomb Mm -hmm. but then when christ comes in through the the light of the paschal candle uh and that light that fills up the church uh is showing more symbolically uh christ the light of the world bringing salvation to the people so that will be at 8 40 then we won't be having it will be altered a little bit we won't be having the there won't be a paschal fire this year there won't be a paschal fire so um Adam's a little sad about that. I he's am. he's he, there's a little bit a little tear. I see the tear forming, Adam. It's okay. Don't worry. Don't worry. It'll be okay. We're yeah, gonna make it. We will. And then, uh, but we're actually gonna be doing since we're not gonna be having all of the initiations of the RCIA candidates, the people who are coming into the church mm-hmm. who are non non baptized. Since none of them will be coming and receiving the sacraments of the initiation, that would make the liturgy much shorter and. We didn't want to cheap it out on you guys. We wanted to give you a real full liturgy. <laughs> the Easter Vigil is is it's it is the source of the liturgical year. It's yeah. kind of the like the high. It's the Super Bowl. It's our yeah. Catholic Super Bowl. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. it need you needs to feel like something, right? Yeah. So so in the Easter uh, Vigil, you probably noticed before there were a lot more readings than usual. So there are. We didn't want to cheap you cheap it out for you guys. So we're actually going to have all the readings that are possible. Now we're going to have the full set, nine full readings including a responsorial psalm after every reading. Yeah, so this is going to be very different than what we're used to here at St. Thomas, but it's, you know, I, I definitely don't mind not having to stay up as late, but I really do love getting to see the whole set of readings done for the Easter Vigil because it starts with Genesis chapter 1, and it follows the story of salvation history all the way through Exodus and up through the prophets so that you can really see how Christ is foreshadowed in all of these things. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be cool that we're going to be able to do that this year on our live stream. Um, and, and mass will continue, um, I would say, as normal, but it's not going to be quite normal because, again, we won't have those, but we will have the renewal of baptismal promises. Um, so make sure you got a little holy water that you can, you know, sprinkle on yourself or make the sign of the cross when we renew our baptismal promises together. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, we won't be doing a sprinkling right because there won't be anybody in there to sprinkle. Uh, except for the choir and the servers, I guess. I was gonna say, um, is, is Father gonna gonna target the servers with with the holy water? I was or is thinking he, gonna... he should walk all the way up to the camera and he should sprinkle the camera. That, I think that would be fitting. I think right. we should do that. I yeah. think I, I'll tell Father that we should do that. Okay, sounds good. Um, but yeah, so we will, we will be having the renewal of baptismal promises, and that's a very participatorial part of the liturgy. So uh, I hope that you all can join in on that, and then. Like I said, we won't be having all the initiations of people um, following, and that's that's the biggest part of the liturgy that most people mm-hmm. remember and notice. And then for Easter Sunday Mass, we'll be having liturgy at 10.30 a.m. on Easter Sunday, and that, that will be a regular Easter Sunday liturgy. But we won't have to be doing overflow and all that stuff. No, <laughs> like we but do. we're still going to be live streaming it, but we so are. that, that we way are. everybody can everybody can see and participate in the Easter Sunday liturgy. So... I guess a cool opportunity, you can go to all of the Triduum and the Easter Sunday liturgies. Um, Normally, you are always permitted to go to the Easter Vigil and Easter Sunday because they're two different liturgies. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you you know, we have, it's, it's, we're almost, you know, it's almost easier for us to participate in Mm -hmm. in both of those this year. Yeah, it is. We're going to try to make it as easy as possible. Yeah. So that's all the scheduling commentary that I had. (laughs) Let's unpack, though, for people what... Holy Week, and specifically what the Triduum really is. I think we have a very particular way of being able to look at it this year, too, um, because of the circumstances that we're in. So, so Adam, I got to do, a couple years ago, I was able to go on a Triduum retreat, mm-hmm. where we had conferences before the liturgies about what's going to happen, and then we would actually go to the different things and participate in them, and then unpack them afterwards. So it was a really cool experience. But, one of the I guess the coolest things that I really, or the coolest thing that I discovered and learned on that was that the Triduum is, is Triduum, right? Meaning three days or Holy Thursday, Good Friday, Holy Saturday, um, really represent not just three different things and different masses, but they represent one single liturgical celebration. And that once the mass starts on Holy Thursday, we all kind of enter into that time and we walk with Christ essentially for the next three days. And it doesn't come to a close until the end of the Easter vigil. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the ways that you see that most vividly is that there isn't actually a, a dismissal at the end of the Holy Thursday Mass. Right. And then there isn't a greeting at the beginning of the Good Friday liturgy. Right. When Catholics pray, we usually start in the name of the sign of the cross. Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Yeah. Uh, but in these liturgies, we don't do that. Uh, right. Well, I mean, there's still like a, a kind of greeting, like Father shows up and he's still... Begins the. I don't know. Good Friday. Good Friday begins pretty clearly when yeah, Father yeah. walks in and lays down, yeah, yeah, prostrate. That is true. <laughs> um, but it's it's very clear because there isn't that usual thing that we do right. to start and end the liturgy. Right. That's a clear example of something tangible that mm-hmm. changes, uh, mm-hmm. showing that these liturgies are interconnected. Mm-hmm. Um, there is debate among some liturgists uh, <laughs> about whether the Triduum is a liturgical season or whether it's a feast day. Just one feast day that extends one over three day. calendar days. Right. Interesting. I would. Um, I can see that. And, and I think there's merit to understanding both sides of it. Uh, but I don't the, know how it can be a feast day when you're supposed to fast all day on Good Friday, though, Adam. I don't, I'm, 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 I'm not thinking you're tracking that one well, yeah. through too well. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but what we were saying about them being one kind of one continuous liturgy, essentially, sure. that uh, that that's how that can be. That's how it can be one feast day rather than a liturgical season because sure. you're just continually, it's a its a continuation of the Paschal mystery over three days. Right. Instead of just a 
one liturgy and then another one and then another one. Yeah, and it's it's a continuation, but it gives us an opportunity to really enter into the Paschal mystery in a new way uh, where we have the opportunity to really step out of our own time for a little bit and really practice it. There's there's a Latin saying, lex and Adam Adam is not necessarily the biggest fan of it, but I think it's great. I hate it. Um that says lex orandi lex credendi, which means that the way that we the law of prayer is the law of belief. I, I translate that a little bit looser and say the way of prayer is the way of belief. And I extend it a little bit further, and I think Adam's more okay with no, it. Oh yeah, I like when I extension. extend it to the third one, it's a little bit better. When we say lex orandi lex credendi lex vivendi, when we say the law of prayer, the way of prayer is the law of belief is the way that we believe, which is the way that we live. And vivendi meaning live. So I mean, my my two cents on this, you know, just, <laughs> just to, to qualify the situation that we're in, is um, what you're saying. You're saying that there is a very direct relationship between our prayer and what we believe, right? right? Because if I walked outside and I walked up to a tree and I started praying a hail mary to the tree. That would make no sense. No, it would confuse the meaning of the prayer right. with the meaning of what you're doing and what your you your understanding of that would clearly be un- right. It would wrong. clearly be wrong. Yeah. Uh, but if I was Norse, if I was a Viking and I <laughs> worshipped the tree, you know, right. the, the, like sure. they worship these trees. I'm picturing you as a Viking right now. So just mm. just in that's the image that I've got. A couple at the hundred moment. pounds of muscle. That I'm laughing, <laughs> but I'm I'm mostly just looking for the helmet with uh, the horns. That's yeah, that's that'd be good. yeah. Um, but if I worshiped the tree and right. my prayers reflected that, right. then it would be compatible. It would make sense. Sure. Um, so that's what you're, you're, this maxim that people use is they're saying that there should be a heavy relationship between what we pray and what we believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, my issue when people use it is that they, they like to make it a workaround and say, well, the liturgy says this, and if I read it this way, then it actually is going to change what the catechism says. Right. I'm going to disagree with what the catechism right. says. And that's not what liturgy is. No. Liturgy is the fruit of our belief. Right. It is our the collective teaching. faith. Right. Right. So it, it's my, my thing is more that it should be reversed, really, that it's mm-hmm. the law of prayer or the law of belief. What we believe should inform how we pray. And how yeah. we pray sure. should inform how we live. So so let's use that, actually. I like mm-hmm. that. Lex credendi, lex orandi, lex vivendi. And then let's kind of explore that for a second. Because yeah. there's, there's something worthwhile in considering this when we're going into a very, very strange Easter. Mm-hmm. Um, let's mm-hmm. be totally honest. This is going to be bizarre. Mm-hmm. But we have a really powerful way to say this is what we believe. That Jesus Christ is God. That he is man. And... That God, in a specific moment in history, entered entered time and walked around on earth for 33 years and on a specific day instituted the Eucharist and gave himself up as that and chose disciples to be priests. And then the next day or a few days later, depending on which account you want to use and which counting you, which calendar you want to count with, but he then dies that God in the person of Jesus Christ dies on the cross, spends three days in the tomb and then rises again bodily from the tomb. Mm -hmm. And so we fundamentally believe that. And that is the very foundation and cornerstone of our faith. Because if those things didn't happen, Adam, you and I should just go home now. Yeah. Right. Those are the very foundation of these things that we hold to be true. And so if we actually believe that, then we need to pray like that matters. Hmm. 
And, and the Triduum liturgies are a tremendously beautiful way to enter into that prayer. Right. Because when we begin and we enter into this, litur- this one single liturgy, where we say that this is the night, right? That's in the Eucharistic prayer for that Holy Thursday that's only used mm-hmm. on that day where mm-hmm. the priest is consecrating or is about to consecrate the host. And he says on like, or what, what, I don't remember what the exact text of it is, but which he says like on the night before he was betrayed, which is tonight. Mm-hmm. And it's a, just a really cool. So when you're watching that, pay attention to that phrase. Um, and then to then sit and keep watch with him in the garden of Gethsemane after the last supper, when we're hopefully we're able to bring that to you a little bit better um, so that you can, you actually can. And if you can't, physically or or you can't watch the live stream of it you can still keep watch with christ for at least one hour Hmm. or or the whole night if you if you so choose but you have to make a very intentional choice to live to pray and to live in that way because of what we believe the theology that we discuss when we talk about the liturgy in general we say that we are uh the liturgy the sacrifice of the mass is not a representation of the sacrifice of Christ on the cross. Right. It is a representation of the sacrifice of Christ on the cross in an unbloody manner, of course, because mm-hmm. I mean we're not seeing Christ sure. literally bleeding in front of us. But that that phrase right there, representation, mm-hmm. takes on an even deeper meaning in this coming week. Right. Exactly. That we are representing the original mm-hmm. Holy Week to mm-hmm. us now. Um, no, we're not. Uh, it's not like a play. We're not play acting uh we're not dressing up as uh middle eastern men and or roman guards roman Roman soldiers yeah and throwing a bunch of sand around the sanctuary (laughs) no um we're not doing that and we're not literally uh nailing father albert to a cross um (laughs) acting in the person of christ during the readings uh we're not play acting that's a completely different Mm -hmm. situation but we're bringing forth to us that original Holy Week in a profound and deep manner. Absolutely. Absolutely. So that's exactly true. We enter into that in a very deep way and we can feel that in our bodies because again, what we believe. And so we sacrifice and we fast on Good Friday from, from we fast, we fast on Good Friday. We abstain from meat and all those things. And so we can feel that in our body because of what we believe, this is how we pray. And again, this is how we live. And then that continues when on Holy Saturday, after after the work of salvation has effectively been accomplished, um, there's there's debate about how that all works together, mm-hmm. and and we're not going to get into that at the moment. But oh, but we will someday. Oh, before I go, I want to have that have a good <laughs> long talk about that with you, Adam. Um, right. So we then on Holy Saturday, what do you do? Right. That's what Tenebrae is. That Tenebrae. Well, even before you get to Holy Saturday on Good Friday, Tenebrae means darkness. Mm. And during the service, right, it's we're praying and keeping vigil while Christ is in the tomb. And then on Holy Saturday, we're continuing to do the same thing. Um, the office of readings, what part of the liturgy of the hours has a beautiful homily on Holy Saturday that says that starts with something strange is happening today. Mm. And, it, it does. Holy Saturday. I don't know about you, Adam, but Holy Saturday just always feels different to me. Yeah. Just, I wake up and it should just be any normal day and the sun's shining and it's, the birds are chirping, but it just, it feels heavy yeah. because our Lord is resting in the tomb and there's no, there's no mass offered that day, right? Mm-hmm. There's no mass offered on Good Friday either, but there's no, there, there are liturgy celebrated because the liturgy of the hours is prayed, but there's nothing the same right. that day until we get to, the Easter Vigil, mm-hmm. and and we can do. I mean, growing up, my family and some other my my in laws and stuff, they've done d- 
different things to help that be mm-hmm. more physically relevant. Um, but there is something there though. Like you wake up and it's different mm-hmm. that you know that it's different. Right. And so that brings us to the Easter vigil. And if you've never been to an Easter vigil before, this is going to be a great year for you to try to do that. Mm-hmm. And, and maybe, maybe the kids aren't going to make it cause it's going to start at eight 40, but you know, they can stay up for as long as they can. And you can participate in this where we see, and we are keeping vigil. We are keeping watch waiting like the women who wait at the tomb in the garden um, where we wait for Christ to rise from the dead and we keep vigil with him. And so then all of a sudden when, you know, the sanctuary is dark or not the sanctuary, but the nave of the church is darkened. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden there's this beautiful light that breaks in and that light of a single candle of the Paschal candle, which represents Christ for us breaks into the church and breaks into that darkness and brings us light that we then will normally share with all the candles that all of the congregation is holding, but won't happen this year. But, Mm -hmm. and as we continue, as we continue with the liturgy and more and more of it is brought forward as we, as we read these readings in the light of the Paschal candle, in the light of Christ, and we can come to a deeper understanding of, of who, how all of those things on salvation history all happened up to this time to make this happen, where, you know, it's the exultet. Mm-hmm. It's, the it's Easter a, proclamation. yeah, the Easter proclamation mm-hmm. is sung, and it's sung to the candle, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, so Deacon Frank's doing that this year, right? Mm-hmm. And there, there's, you know, there's one line where it says, "Oh happy fault." Mm-hmm. Felix culpa. Felix culpa. Where it's, it's, oh happy fault. Oh how, le- how truly necessary sin of Adam. Where we say that the sin of Adam, original sin, was bad, but look what it did for us. It earned so great, so glorious a redeemer in the person of Jesus Christ. And that's who we're celebrating his resurrection during the Easter vigil. And then again on Easter Sunday, when we find the empty tomb. Mm-hmm. So yeah, this is going to be, this is going to be a very strange yeah. year. Yeah. Um, and I want, and I don't want to like overblow and, and just keep hammering on that, but we have to acknowledge that this is going to be different. It's going to be hard. It's going to be awkward. And sometimes, mm-hmm. but we have a really cool opportunity this year to really make the choice to say, this is what I believe. And so this is what I'm going to pray. And so this is how I'm going to live during this week. And then hopefully that then carries you into the season of Easter where normally Easter is a very joyful season, but there is going to be a, a lingering sorrow mm-hmm. because of the, the fact Christ. that we won't have public liturgies right. still. But there's, we have, we do have a tremendous opportunity, and so consider this your invitation. If you haven't just, if you haven't considered, if you haven't done it yet, make your plan for Holy Week now. Um, so you, hopefully you'll have our schedule available on Facebook and in emails and everything else. Please take some time, look at that, and then make your calendar for you and your family. Um, if you're a family of one like me, make your make your own calendar and say this is what I'm going to do because this is what I believe. Yeah, I think it's great. All right. right. I think that's all we've got. Um, Please know of our prayers for you. Um, We miss seeing you guys. Mm -hmm. Um, It's, it is not the same being at the parish without everybody here. And and we, we miss you. Please know um, that you are on our hearts and um, that we cannot wait to be reunited once we can all be together again safely. All right. Adios.